Josh Teed, song called Anomaly. Here we go. We got L.O.J. Song called Live It Up It's a Headbang Society premiere Out on Wubbaholics Alright, here we go Let's live it up, 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 let's live
We got Quicks, song called Sandman. It's the Sokka remix. All right, here we go. Yeah. 
Exotics, song called Burn It Up. It's out on Street Ritual. All right, here we go. up another one from Sokka this one called Masamune
You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast with Cashmere. Ghost in the Machine.
and finna it's called down with the freaks it's out on cyclops recordings mm-hmm. 
Alright, next up we got a song by Gallium. It's called Keep Your Mind. We got the homie Boosive with this song out on Presently Lifted. It's called Break the Floor. Break the 
Alright, we got a big boy up next. Liquid Stranger. Song is out on Wakan. Song is called Berserk.
the small remix of exotics hit Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Next up, we got the song by Fly. It's called Flash. We got a big one from Manic Focus and Ahi. It's out on Wakan. It's called Bonkers. You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast with Cashman. This is how we do it. 
We got Vibington by Uga.
little clipping. I did that earlier. Um, I've got a little uh, chain on my side too, so it should sound pretty good. Oh, look at you being all technologically advanced. <laughs> so, all right. Well, just to get started, what's your name, man? So I go by Irish listening. Sam- yeah, I go by Irish Samurai. Uh, my name is oh. Gavin, though. <laughs> cool, cool. So, how long have you been uh, doing music? I've been involved with music for quite a while. I actually have a degree in audio production, so I went to a four-year degree. uh, A three-year school took four years, but really kind of got into it then and noticed that uh, anywhere in music, I'd be happy, so I kind of do live sound as well, but I threw shows here in Austin for like five years. Uh, Symbionic is a well-known name around the game. He was our weekly DJ for like five years. No way. That's yeah. awesome. So I got to watch wow. him go and play his first uh, international show in uh, New Zealand, which was cool. And that kind of watching oh that gosh. go down was kind of what really inspired me to like start spinning music. And uh, in the same time, I was already kind of producing, but hadn't really grasped the whole uh, for the dance floor production, you know? Yeah, I actually um, I did. I think I did projection mapping for him one time in Columbus. Nice. John's an awesome guy. Yeah. And and I was lucky enough to catch him open for the man who will not be named. <laughs> no, for sure. At, yeah. At, at 360. That was, that was crazy to see him on such a system. Oh, I could imagine. Uh, I have a story. Art Outside, I don't know if you ever made it to yeah. one. Uh, I didn't make it to one, but I've heard of them. Dude, he played one year and was getting, I think, uh, bass complaints from a couple of miles away. Uh, yeah, John. Oh John's a God. homie. I love that guy. I always told him uh, about that story. I'm like, you won that year at Art Outside, man, because nobody was able to play uh-huh. louder than you after that. Dude, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wild. Small world. Yeah. Oh. So... What what was uh, the role of music in your like early years of life? Uh, I was lucky enough to be raised by someone who listened to any type and all types of music, uh, and yes. really gave me a musical freedom from a very early age. Uh, yeah. So I was listening to stuff like Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style was my first album I owned back when I was oh, like nice. ten or twelve years old. So I yeah. And pretty much music has been around. Live shows have been a part of my life since a young age as well. So I got to see a lot of different stuff that kind of helped pick and choose the areas I wanted to pull for my sound and what really drives, you know, what I like. So So are you classically trained at all in anything? I'm not classically trained, but I've self-taught myself guitar, bass, drums, keyboard, uh, pretty much anything I can get my hands on and sit down long enough with it. So I hear you. Well then, so where did you uh, go to school for for music? Yeah, so I got my uh, degree from the Art Institute of Austin. Uh, took a nice. look at her around for a while after being out of high school and realizing that anywhere in the music industry I would be happy, regardless if I'm in a studio setting up recording in for, or recording equipment or out in the field setting up for live shows or, you know, pretty much anywhere. So I looked around yeah. and saw that AI was here and got lucky enough to get in and, you know, kind of started from there. Awesome. So then when did it branch, when did you kind of branch from 
just doing live sound to what like what year do you think was it that you got inspired by symbionic and all that yeah and i think like, I that was around do this myself. like 2010 2009 okay so i've been djing cool. about 10 11 years producing uh for probably about the same amount uh, and it just recently started to pick up and and people just started showing quite a bit of interest so yeah and that that's actually something you hit on that i'm always interested in is the timeline between which came first the mixing or producing i think that's always yeah mixing for me was the first thing i did i love music i've got such a wide taste in music and watching symbionic and another really good uh, local dj here he goes by a metronome Metronome okay. is one of the most widely variety, like he can play anything. I've seen him play an 80s Ninja Turtles theme back to back with a dubstep <laughs> track into a 90s R&B and does it so wow. flawlessly that you like, you're like, this is actually pretty sweet. So <laughs> between him and John, because I think John at the time was running Womp Beats and that's uh-huh. an old, an old uh, music blog that, you know, I was like, man, I can do that. And I really got into it. Uh, a buddy of mine had an exponent, which was a super uh-huh. old like toy of a mix a DJ controller and uh, a mix that's on my SoundCloud to this day is the first mix <laughs> I recorded on that exponent after waking up from a dab nap. So <laughs> that's awesome. I think my first mixer was a Hercules RMX. Nice little little metal box. Yeah. But cool, man. So what did you start producing with? Uh, I've kind of done the gamut. I started out with Reason because AI, uh, they were teaching a class called music production. And Mm -hmm. I got into production or wanted to get into production one, like three quarters before I actually got in. So I actually like went out and bought Reason before the class and like started making tunes and figuring everything out with it and then i actually realized that when i took that production one i had self-taught myself all the way through the entire first course and was like oh my gosh well i didn't learn anything in this one so let's get on with production (laughs) two and and you know just went on from there but then from then i moved from uh logic or to logic for a while because after i graduated me and the guy i was doing mixes with didn't like pro tools it was way too unstable you would lose all your your work too much so we ended up basically yeah so we switched over to logic uh because we were doing like recording sessions and mixing sessions with like artists from swish house and some rappers out here out of clean um and that was more stable for us so i just started you know producing on that and uh from there i finally got my copy ableton uh up and running about two years ago and nice. i pretty much switched over to everything in ableton at this point, so that's the move I feel yeah it. <clears throat> that's awesome man are you on which version of ableton are you on i'm on 10 point, 10 at the moment so yeah I feel that seems to be a common thing with the update to 11. You have to have uh, the newest operating system and everything. Well, then I'm stuck on 10 until I get a new DJ uh, mixer. Yeah. I've got the old (laughs) NS7 too. Okay. Without the OS X I'm on, it's basically a $1,500 paperweight. So. (laughs) Hear you, man. 
<laughs> so, so what's the uh, the story behind your stage name? So the stage name, I'm a big V nerd. I love kung fu flicks at that. Okay. Uh, so that's where the samurai came from. And, you know, Irie is, it means no trouble, no worries. Uh, okay. And that's yeah. just kind of how I like to try and live life is without really any troubles or worries as much as you can because no one tries to bring a bunch. So I figured ninja put them together. No worries. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, um... So what was your very first gig ever? So my first paid gig I had was in Dallas at a club that no longer exists called The Slippin'. Uh, And I went out to play with a DJ out of Dallas. He goes by Soul Ja, like Uh S-O-U-L-J-A-H. And he's another DJ that can mix pretty much like any genre of music. So yeah. he was like, hey, come out and play with me at the Slippin'. I know you play like dubstep. That's kind of when we do our dubstep night. So I yeah. booked it out there with a girl I was dating at the time and walked up to one Pioneer 1200 and a mixer. And from before then, the only thing I had mixed on were DJ controllers. So he uh, pretty yeah. much taught me how to work a single 1200 and a mixer. And wow, I just mixed on the for fly. about an hour and a half uh, <laughs> that night. So, <laughs> Wow, right into the fire. Dude, I've had to do that a couple times. And that's uh-huh. if you're an up-and-coming DJ, the one thing I suggest you do is eat yourself every possible way you can spend. Yep. It'll help you in the long run. Yes, indeed. Well, to go back even further than that, uh, do you remember the first rave that you ever went to? So I remember the first the first rave I went to were some Burleson warehouse raves. Uh, if you're from the Austin area, you'll recognize where those are from. You've been around a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I've been going to shows and, and what people would be calling raves, but before it was electronic music with my mom for a while. Her friends. Oh, yeah, when throw, there was more... What, yeah. like disco? Bands type stuff. So, like, her yeah. friends throw big parties here in Austin. They have been forever. Uh, uh-huh. they, they used to do a boat party with, like, 200 people on the lake and oh, have a band dang. that played and do stuff like that. So, yeah. like, shows to me, big shows were just, like, second nature. So when what, I found like, out they were doing, like, the rave scene. Like, oh, so stuff. We're talking, like, they... Some of the people that party with her know some of the people that are in the Rolling Stones. So oh, shit. she has like <laughs> pictures from a disposable camera of Keith Richards at a party that she was at playing guitar and oh smoking my gosh. a cigarette. So they, they party hard. <laughs> Hell yeah. You are a musical family then. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, besides uh, Symbionic, then, who were some other musical inspirations that you caught on to? Uh, The Wither's always been a huge inspiration. Uh, Yes, of course. How could I forget? He's a buddy. Uh, He's been around the Austin scene for a while and kind of helped me uh, through production and uh, just his network of friends that he introduces everybody to. Big shout out, Fam. You know? Heck yeah, man. Um, so other than was... that, there's a dude, a kid out of oh, France who's really okay. killing it. He's kind of a big inspiration. I'm very uh, then, familiar. Yeah, and then anything Houston rap-wise. Okay, cool. 
So yeah, tell, talk some more about the Widdler. How'd you get linked? How'd you meet him? So I met him. He played his first show here in Austin uh, when he'd first moved to town. I want to say like seven, eight years ago. Could be longer. Um, and I just kind of okay. walked up to him after the show and introduced myself, and we started hanging out and uh, and whatnot for quite a while here in Austin. I broke up with a chick that I was dating at the time, and he invited me to come hang out at his house and just kind of get over the breakup. And yeah. luckily, through him and his now wife Dandy, I actually met my fiance. Uh, Holy shit! Them. So we're pretty what? pretty deeply linked there. Wow, that is crazy! Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, I'm happy for you, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, congrats on uh, being a soon-to-be married man. No, no, definitely. Uh, about seven or eight years ago, I met someone who's awesome, and she helps me and inspires me every day as well. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. It's awesome to have somebody that motivates you and, and all that jazz. I, I just had a similar met a new person and we're clicking and it's a great feeling awesome um yeah so uh let me see all right let's let's talk about producing a little bit um what is your favorite synthesizer uh i use a lot of serum and massive and i actually just started using let me pull up my started using a new one that Rolando Old Gold uh, mentioned okay that is basis oh um, oh no vital it's vital oh okay so, vital yeah. I was gonna say face plant yeah no I, I wish that's the next one I think I'm gonna pick up to be honest <laughs> hell yeah yeah, I'm, I'm straight serum all day. I want to get back into uh, Operator, actually, a little bit. I've make seen some... crazy things that Operator can do yet. Yeah, I, I want to make some neuro on Not even touched there. with it, yeah. <laughs> I know, dude. Well, it's it's really clunky as opposed to serum with the beautiful interface and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah. But, I mean, I if mean, you know how to use it, you can, it's powerful like as how, how anything in Ableton How old school do you want to be? Yeah. <laughs> Well, do you have any uh, any secret techniques you'd be willing to give up? Uh, I mean, my favorite thing production-wise, find a flow that works for you. Everybody's different. Yeah. Uh, I'm even at times find it difficult to get things started or finished, but once you get the inspiration, it kind of flows. Um, production technique, mixing. Mix as best you can. Yeah. As you go, it'll help you in your mastering stage. It'll help your track sound cleaner. It'll just, it'll help you. What do you uh, stage your gains at? Um, I usually like to get my kick starting at negative six and kind of try and keep everything around there because gotcha, that'll let gotcha. you move the whole uh, headroom up as much as you want to. Uh, and the more headroom you give, a mixing engineer and a mastering engineer to a point the better you know because yeah they can do things to make it sound crisper and cleaner louder than with six db of headroom rather than two or one so well that leads me right into my next question and sorry if i'm like peppering you <laughs> oh you're good but that's just how i roll um when when do you uh have somebody do your mixing and mastering or do you do all that stuff yourself 
I do all my own mixing. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what I, I would be very sad if I didn't with the amount of money I spent on my degree. Uh, yeah, but I never real. really got to do any of the mastering side with my degree because the class was always full. So I try uh, and either send it to, I know, Serpent Eyes. He's part of WitFam. He's actually started to do his uh, Patreon for mastering. Let me actually give him a real quick really? plug. Yeah. That's a real interesting way of, uh, like, an interesting platform to... Yeah, so what he'll do is he'll basically, if you're a part of his Patreon, you'll pay him, pay the Patreon, and you'll get access to his, like, feedback and mastering and uh, and creative tracks that he does. Um, and his Patreon is, he's doing links, so I think if you just hit him up on Discord or yeah. message him through uh, Facebook, he'll be able to send you that Patreon. And that's Serpent Eyes, all one word? Yes, Serpent Eyes, the S and the E are capitalized. All right. That's awesome. Good to know. Um, do you sample at all? I do. Um, where, do you, where do you sample from? I'm sampling most... The Most of the only samples I'm using at the moment are vocal samples. Uh, okay. And I'm trying to pull as many vocal samples from Texas hip-hop artists and other artists. Because that's a big oh, thing I'm trying to do cool. is make a... You're going to know that I'm from Texas based on the samples <laughs> and stuff I'm using, you know? Hell yeah. I respect it. All right, man. Well, uh, I got a different question. Uh, if you didn't become a musician, then what would you be doing right now? I would be a chef. <laughs> oh, all right. There we go. Yeah, me and uh, my fiance love to cook, and that was actually the question that I had to ask myself. Uh, <laughs> with AI, because they had a culinary institute as well at the one I went to. Oh, so, no pressure. <laughs> if it wasn't music, it would have been it would have been cooking for sure. If I could get over how other people want me to cook their food rather than just letting me cook their food. <laughs> <laughs> so are you uh, are you glad you stuck with music then? <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> I still I, cook all I the time. I, yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm very happy. I still cook all the time and. Uh, it's just for me and the people that I care for and they all love it. Yeah. And music is something that, you know, it's fun to try and crack the code that gets people to enjoy what you make. Uh, Cause if you, you know, we can all make anything, but until it's for other people, until other people really enjoy it, you don't really feel the magic behind it. In my opinion. Uh, totally. First time that you, you send that track off that gets accepted for, a compilation or you have a friend say man that's really cool that's kind of really where you start to get the fire and the, and the drive to continue you know oh my gosh yeah well uh is there anybody that you collaborate with or would like to collaborate with in the future so i'm in the works right now collaborating with uh young sriracha he's a homie that moved from Ooh. austin to denver Hell uh so yeah. we're working on that and then i think I think I've also got a uh, collaboration that we've kind of started with Funkbox as well. Nice. So those are the ones that are in the works. And then, uh, you know, I'd always love to do a collab with with good old Yoni if he's ever not super busy. But I know how that one is. Yeah. And uh, I'm always open for collaboration. So 
Dude, it was so funny actually today. I, I'm making a, a mix. I've made like a down tempo Wubs mix mm-hmm. series that I'm on the big 50th one. So I'm like going back into the archives, getting old, older songs. And I found uh, Whittler's, what is it, like Ponda Marijuana or something? Oh, dude, that that's one of my favorite Richie Splice remixes. Yeah, that he dude, has. I saw it today. I caught it at 420 thousand uh views nice <laughs> nice that's <laughs> i wanted to no like screenshot way. it and send it to him or something but i was too busy i figured he would have really appreciated it <laughs> yeah it's great uh he's so good with his reggae remixes it's ridiculous oh my gosh he's a I, wizard and pretty much anything in the, the digital bass music podcast. well it was so funny because I, one of the first songs of his that i ever heard was his kid cuddy remix that that's a good one too I, I never caught on to the Whittler until like years later and realized it was the same person. I was like, oh my God, I was missing yeah, out for so long. He's amazing at all the things he does and a great human being. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only I've seen him once or twice. One time when he came to Pittsburgh. Great. But, That's uh, what's up. But back to you a little bit more. Um, how how could you describe your music? So the best way to describe my music right now is kind of that first wave uh, dubstep feel that everybody fell in love with, but yeah. with more of like a down south hip hop beat and Texas uh, samples. So awesome. just trying to bring that like hip hop vibe to the dubstep scene because I feel like hip hop and dubstep were like meant to be together. Oh, dude! I mean, the UK's only been doing it forever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love like I mix four decks wide, and I'll throw acapellas over top of everything, dude. I love that stuff. It's it's legit. I uh, have a couple tracks that I haven't released that are uh, grime acapella Ooh. usage, and I've literally nice. submitted them to to Tune Shares a couple of times to the point where now Dalek or a couple of the people are like, guys, you need to keep telling your American friends to quit putting grime over their dubstep tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Um, all right. So could you describe your creative process at all? Yeah. So my creative process, um, I actually just got a new workflow since I, I bought the new machine Mark three. Oh yeah. I did see that is I like to get my drums hammered out first, just a basic mm-hmm. feel for them. Uh, and then I usually go through and try and lay down the drop and fill in from there. Uh, okay. After you have the drop, just do your intro so you can get your intro to your first drop. And then I'll sometimes if I've got a feel for it, I'll be able to go out and finish it right away. Sometimes I sit on a track for a couple of months i know a a mike jones remix i'm working on right now has been in the works for probably a good six months or longer but i'm pretty close to being able to call that one done and go uh shop it around it's pretty it just comes sometimes and sometimes it takes the vocal being laid over to get that last little bit of uh motivation and uh inspiration to kind of finish the tune oh yeah i feel it is there a, a song that you're most proud of? Um, yeah, actually, the track that comes out on Subsidy in April. Uh, oh, this my new gosh. One is pretty sweet. Coming out on Subsidia? Uh, some si- Subsidy. 
Oh, subsidy. I, I yeah. I literally might. Oh, I can't remember. I've submitted tracks to so many people. I I definitely submitted a track to them and myself. I can't remember if it's got accepted or not. Though. <laughs> they usually Dude, it takes a couple of days to send them back to. They'll let you know if you made it on, but they're pretty good right. about it, you know. Oh, that's awesome, man! Congratulations. This one should be pretty dope. Uh, this one's definitely a step from the last one I released on Widfam and the first one that we released on Subsidy last year. Uh, okay. This one's more in it, that Texas vibe. So, is Subsidy uh, Texas based? There, they have a couple places. I know they have some based out of Denver. And oh, I know okay. uh, Freddie and CJ are down here in Austin running the uh, Austin uh, chapter of it for sure. Oh, nice. Shout out to them. They they do a whole lot in the scene there. Uh, I know Hell, they're doing yeah. the Back to Basics tour here in May, which I'm actually direct support for. So that's going to be a rowdy time. Awesome. Congrats. That's two. Super yeah, stoked, stoked on that one. Wait, so when is when is that one coming out? That's May. Um, so that's coming out April twenty second. I think is the okay. is the date for that drop. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I'll definitely have to. I'll help help push that man for sure. Excited to hear that. Um, let me see. What is one message that you would like to give to your fans? Uh, thanks for the support more on the way and uh if you want to see me play wherever talk to your local promoters because i'm down to do a trip for cheap right now heck yeah man spirit uh oh this this is a tough one do you create for yourself or for your fans uh, a little bit of both so okay. the stuff that gets I, released I is for the yeah it's for the fans just because i want to i'm trying to get people moving and and have a good time but also get a little piece of me uh but i do some stuff that gets released i've got a track uh in the hands of a hip-hop artist out of vegas right now who's got like two tracks he's trying to get into the studio to finish and those kind of get more a beat like my hip-hop beats are more stuff that i do for like by sake and if someone really likes them then oh. i'm down to sign a split sheet or sell the beat so you have to, you'll have to let me peep those I will definitely send you some. The one he has reminds me of like a Mac Dre feel. Uh, okay. He's done work with Lil Kiki out of Houston uh, nice. before. And he's from here in uh, uh, Central Texas. I actually went to high school with him and didn't reconnect until about like a year and a half ago. And he came to hang out and just kind of just started playing some of the beats I had. And he instantly started like mumbling and uh, basically yeah. writing in his head yeah i was yep. like oh you like that one huh and he was like like it he's like dude that shit's tight it's like yeah. send that to me and i was like okay Heck so yeah, i kind of finished it a little bit and sent it over and I, i'm excited to see what he finally does with it so well yeah because i got some rapper friends myself that they're always buying beats and the stuff the stuff i send them i my stuff is too uh, experimental i'll say i feel for, you for a lot of hip hop stuff, so I'm curious, like how how do you get in the different zones of creating? To I'm a like, hip hop kid a and a beat? yeah, I'm a hip hop and a reggae kid at heart. Uh, okay, so I'm my brain's almost always constantly in four four, and just uh-huh. like I started off with like Snoop Dre, any Midwest stuff like um, 
old school Eminem before he was signed. Infinite was a good album that kind of, you know, always oh, yeah. was in my CD player. And then uh, anything from Slug with Atmosphere and then Idea and Abilities. So <clears throat> with hip hop, it's lets you kind of express feeling through sound. So yes. if you've got a really good knowledge of like previous stuff that's come before hip hop and just like funk, soul, R&B, uh, rock even, and even sometimes yeah. country as much as I don't really like much country, you can pull samples and stuff from all of that to convey like where your headspace is at at the time. So right. the more you know musically and the more you can pull from, the more eclectic and like sounding like you it becomes and it doesn't even have to be like rowdy and that's that's the thing that i love about it is when i'm bored i'll make a boom back beat or like a, right. a 90 100 beat that's not yep. anything that i would do to release to be danced to and uh -huh. because my brain's not thinking of like oh how do i get people to move how do i get them to like really like enjoy this it's more of how do i want to get an mc in this mindset to where he can let some stuff off of their chest if they want to or like right. whatever the whichever way they want to go so so you said you <clears throat> do you think you prefer making the hip-hop beats because you want to be able to have that collaboration and get that feeling out more as opposed I to mean, making the the dub that is uh i don't know like it doesn't it's not that it doesn't have feeling but no, so I think it's a different, different type of feeling. So like yeah. it's they're vastly different in, in, in different ways. Like I feel like with my hip hop beats, it's more of a way to like sign off on something and kind of be more in the background while you let an MC yeah. shine more. Because like uh -huh. in the hip hop scene, like the producers are known, but they're not like the right. star. They're of not the, show. the ones on stage. Yeah, they're the ones sitting off of the back or even in the backstage just having fun. Whereas, like, with, right, right. with the electronic stuff, it's more about the producer being that star of the show. Yeah. So it's so just different. It's and I mean, a, I'm, I'm a Taurus, so I love being Yeah, the you're relegating so. the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. I respect it, man. I, I struggle with, uh, with kind of getting in those different modes. I'll be, like, halfway through a dubstep song, and then I'll be like, oh, this needs a rap over top of it. <laughs> Dude, like I've it, made it tracks. something more. Yeah, and that's so, and, and I've got two tracks that I play that are happy accidents, I call them like that. Yeah. Like I've got the first drop and the first intro, and I'm like in the middle of making the, the, the breakdown, and I'm like kind of losing focus. And I'm like, oh, let me go to this MC I like to use stuff and see if I can just drop something over the top of it. And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, that fits so well. Let me just go ahead and finish this up real quick. Oh, Instead yeah. of like having to get your mindset in, having to get it all done without any other driving force and what's in your head, it's kind of giving you that collaboration without getting that collaboration, you know? Yeah, no, totally. So I'm, I'm curious, do you have like a manager or anything? Uh, or have you had a manager before? What are your feelings on that? I don't have a manager at the moment. Um, yeah. I'm not against having a manager at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I would I love to get it. more shows. Um, I've played some pretty big crowds. Uh, one after the man we do not name was probably right. the biggest show I played. I played a silent disco an hour after he got done at Euphoria. Oh, my and there is Lord. about 1,500 people there. Yeah. So that had to be a blast. That, 
that was a Dude, lot aren't, of fun. Aren't silent discos the most surreal, strange thing, dude. <laughs> they are awesome and weird all at the same time. Yeah, the first like, time I ever experienced mostly one silent, was it. And then just in the yeah. middle of the silence, you'll hear one like, woo! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> dude, we went to one it's at a so place weird. called the uh, Enchanted Forest here in Austin that's no longer around. Uh-huh. And you're literally off of, if you've ever been to Austin, it's like Old Torf and Lamar. It's like right in that area. So it's like pretty close to downtown and there was this piece of property that was untouched that used to have three four hundred person parties that were loud well in the last like four years they were open they started getting noise complaints so one year during south by they did a silent disco with like three or four djs so it's like three different djs of three different genres all kind of competing to get the crowd because the silent disco headphones light up different colors right and like we were told there's a huge party at enchanted forest we get there and we're like i can't hear anything like (laughs) sure there's a party i don't believe you bro we like walk up and they're like taking money for people to go in so we walk in and all of a sudden we start seeing a bunch of flashing lights and we're like what the fuck is going on yeah and then like finally one of our friends just puts a pair of headphones on one of us and we're like holy shit this is cool (laughs) like you're raging and no one has any clue it really is right yeah really wild Um, so how do you about how do you feel about uh, studying like old music and music history and music theory? I wish I knew more music theory. Um, I'm really good ear trained because uh, yeah. I've, I've had a guitar since I was like five or six. I self taught myself how to play that, and then moved on with like piano and drums from there. I think it's like if necessary if you're a young young kid and I say young like you know between 13 and 25 and you have the means of getting any type of music theory underneath your belt from a professional do so oh my god it's only gonna help you in the future it's only gonna make things easier down the road uh because that's the one thing that I struggle with the most uh even to this day is like what notes are in that scale because I don't have the training and that's one of the whole reasons I end up getting the machine MK3 because it'll take some of the dummy work out and kind of teach you by making you put the correct notes down and then you can see where what needs to be there Um, nice but music theory and studying old music is awesome Uh, old music's only going to help you either find a riff that you like that you can change and make your own or give you inspiration in another way uh, by, oh, someone's done that, so let me do it differently. You know what I mean? Right, right. All right, well, I only got a couple questions left. Once okay. you get back to your cool Texas things. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a big one. If you could change one thing in the music industry be it the electronic music industry or the industry in general uh, what would it be the way lineups are uh, promoted rather oh, than yeah. tier one tier two tier threes mean, just do alphabetical you mean everybody is the same font yeah <laughs> <laughs> in alphabetical order people can find the people they want to know are there 
easily right. by alphabetical and same size. You they don't, don't have, to, have to get out a magnifying glass for the yeah, locals. Or get in the proverbial uh, measuring contest, you know? Yeah. I think We're that's a great call, We're all there to have fun man. in one way or another. That's a great fucking call. <laughs> and it's such an easy one, you would think, too. It is, but all the big money players would mm-hmm. oh, be so upset. No, it, it 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 is an awesome idea though. I've seen I've seen it done before. It's it's not like uh, it hasn't been done before. No, I know. Some people do it all the time. Others don't. And I yeah. feel like if we just stopped, you know, really babying or coddling the ones that are so caught up with it, I think could just we could just one, rip the bandaid uh, off and move forward. <laughs> I think one festival that's actually decent at it is Bonnaroo. Yep. Think, and it's crazy because they're huge. That's like, what I if mean. You think like, about the acts that they book, they like, hmm. I think their text is like relatively the same size. I agree. They just like space out the promotion of it and have like separate days when they announce all mm-hmm. the little tiny people. Mm. Yeah. And like, that's the real way to do it is you do it alphabetical in different drops. You don't drop everybody at once because it right. gets overwhelming for everybody involved. Right. You do, you know, and I mean, if I mean, you're doing I, an event that big anyway, you're doing month to year beforehand promotion. You know? Yeah. Well, and my favorite thing that festivals can do is do a, every single day promote a singular artist that day. Yep. Because that artist gives spotlights you months, are huge too. months of content for promotion. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's helping And it does everybody. nothing but get people interested in who's playing and yeah, people will start talking about them. and around exactly. everybody. 100%. Well, uh, do you get uh, butterflies before you go on stage? Stressed out at all? I do still get butterflies. Um, yeah. They're not. It's not stressed out, but it's more of just like... You know, shit happens. Like, I've gone up. I had a, a random set thrown upon me at uh, um, Beyond Existence this last year. And yeah. didn't grab the right thumb drive. So I had to, <laughs> on the fly, <laughs> mix stuff that was not in any sort of playlist at all. Oh, and that was shit. fun. Dude, uh, that, that reminds me of the time my very first gig in a bar, uh, my virtual DJ crashed. I lost all all my uh, cue points and all my songs. Dude, I've lost hard drives when I played at Head for the Hills here in uh, Texas, and we had a power surge in it. In the middle of me accessing one of the songs on the hard drive, the whole, everything turned off. So I had, like, one hard drive of the two that I used at the time, and I made the rest of that set work, but after that set was done, I realized how much music I lost, and I was like, awesome, time to rebuild the music library. Yeah, yeah. Just just that, you know? I feel you get it. the the butterflies because you're like, hmm. Yeah, then what's you have to become a stand-up comedian <laughs> on stage for all the people <laughs> staring at you. <laughs> I saw Little Dicky sing the national anthem because his DJ lost power for oh 15 my minutes. God. <laughs> he can sing, but shit happens. <laughs> <clears throat> oh my gosh! All right, last question. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Tell me about your best performance ever. Um, that's a hard one because I try and make every performance not just different, but, but like your your favorite. 
Yeah. Okay. Um. Either the road to beyond existence opening for Push Loop, or Ooh. that stuff after the name that he may not be after named Voldemort. at Euphoria. Yeah, after Voldemort. <laughs> One of those two. Uh, and only because probably May 18th hasn't happened yet, because that's going to be a pretty awesome experience being direct support for Push Loop and the Whittlers, So, Dude, I'm so pumped for you. I'm about to fly down. You got me on guest we're doing, list, right? <laughs> we're doing uh, four video projectors. They oh, each man. get their own wall in a warehouse what? that really hasn't been used for anything like this before. So, no shit, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. Oh my BYOB, God. it should be a blast. BYOB? I'm super excited. Oh my God, yeah. super excited. That's wild as shit. <laughs> oh, that's a recipe for excitement. Yay, mm-hmm. fun. All right, well, we will. Uh, last but not least. Hit us with uh, just a little description of what mix you're going to feature. At, at the so end of I'm going to feature and in, in all... like any any song, if you want to debut a song or, or, or something or, or play an old song. So the new song that's coming out on Society is going to be on there. I'm going to try and do 35 minutes of all original and have only a couple of other people's stuff that I'm really digging right now. Hell I'm yeah. trying to do a 45 minute mix though. So it's going to be 95% all original mix. So. That's amazing, dude. Isn't it the best feeling when you have a whole library? It definitely is. Then you start to get to the point of being like, okay, now I have to create this type of a song to get dude, me from this point it, to that it point. It hurts when you have to like cut your babies from the mix because you got mm-hmm. a time limit. Oh, yep. man, it's hard, dude. That's what I'm, I'm running but into. It's, it's definitely worth it, though. Once you're at that point and you can start picking and choosing this or that you're getting to a point where you're like okay now i can start building and kind of doing what i did yeah. with mixing other people's stuff with my own and really getting into the the fun part of it so seriously all right man well um let me let me make sure i don't have any other big questions um your song's coming out uh april 22nd on subsidy Yep, and then you're opening in May for Push Loop in the Whittler, or Push Loop in who in the Whittler? Uh, in the right? Whittler, yeah. yeah. And I'm also got booked for a festival in October called Astronox uh, Music and Arts Festival. Awesome. That's here in Texas as well, so that'll be fun. All right, and again, your name is Irie Samurai. Spell. Yep. You want to spell it out? I R I E S A M U R A I. Awesome. Irie Samurai. All right, man. Well, I'll have all the links and everything for you in the description. And, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear the mix, man. I'm super pumped. Yeah, I'm going to, like I said, I'll get that done uh, either this evening or tomorrow. And then when it's all finalized and stuff, I'll send it over. Do you want me to send this audio now when we're done or when I send the mix over? It, either or. You can send it with the mix okay. and just send it in one big zip file. Okay, I can do that. Awesome, man. It was fun. Oh, dude, so much fun. Thank you so much. I know it was very random. I hit you up.
I watched scenes glitter in the dark to the ten hours of day. All those moments will be lost in time.
that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red in spite of all the pounding and the hollering. They all come in and they rip you to pieces.
You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast. Yeah. 
far as obstacles get You a joke like you're spitting on a popsicle stick I could do this one at a time all day like the shit ain't already obvious yet If you wanna get this high, this high, well honestly you probably gotta buy you a jet How did my hobby could get when I sex on the beat like a baller in an awkwardly dress Stop for a sec, cause I'm probably pill and I feel like I'm about to sweat I'm dehydrated, someone pass me the act Someone pass me the act, I guarantee I ain't gonna pass shit back <laughs> Gonna pass shit back Abusing it just to get under the image I'm gonna wanna see how big both of my people's here yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
started smoking weed when I was about 12 years old. Uh, I was with my older brother, and some kid offered me some weed, so I was like, yeah, like, I never knew, like, four years later, it would be doink. Like, I invented doink,